Welcome to Brazen, the podcast where we explore how we can access the health and happiness available to us when we take ownership over our lives and decisions. We are your co-hosts, Callie Hughes and Valerie King-Maller, and together we're going to explore how we can live a more bold, curious, and vibrant life through positive psychology, transformational coaching, and functional wellness. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Brazen, the podcast where we explore how we can access the happiness available to us when we take ownership over our lives and decisions and get curious about what's available to us. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can pay more attention to what you're paying attention to. (laughs) So, We're going to talk a lot about the subconscious messages that we receive through the media that we're consuming and the people we're spending time with, and then how to go about getting curious about whether it's helping you or not. So let's get started. So I'm really excited we're talking about this topic today because I do think that we aren't always aware of how much our subconscious plays into our momentum and daily activities. And so everything you sort of take in on a subconscious level has the potential to impact your motivation, your positivity. And so it's really important to pay attention to what you're consuming, whether it's social media or the people that you surround around yourself with. Even the music you listen to can have an impact. So today we're just going to dive deep into some of the ways that it does impact you. But one thing that we're hoping is that when you start to make more intentional decisions about who you're giving your attention to or what you're allowing into your space, that you can see huge personal growth. So let's just dive in. Let's start with social media. Callie, what are your thoughts about social media? Well, I think social media is kind of a double-edged sword because it can be really detrimental depending on what you're looking at, or it can be empowering. It all kind of depends on how you are curating what you're looking at. So, you know, a lot of us, I think, have seen the Instagram versus reality, you know, and how everything tends to look so perfect or like Pinterest perfect. But if that's all you're seeing, even if on a conscious level, you know, and you understand that that's probably not their normal everyday life, it still permeates your subconscious and you're subconsciously comparing your life to what you are seeing. And if you're constantly looking at people who look so very different from you, or you're looking at somebody's life that looks so different from your life, you're constantly comparing that to what your reality is. And if it's not measuring up, then it's going to start eating away at your confidence and your self-esteem. A lot of media attention has been put onto the whole body image and body confidence where social media is concerned, especially with young women and teenagers. 
And there's lots of research that shows that it is really damaging if the images that these young people, not just young women, anybody are looking at and the beauty standard, I guess you would say, is looking very different from how you look. And if what you're looking at is implying that this is the acceptable way to look in order to be beautiful or attractive, and you don't feel that you are on par with that, then you're going to start internalizing that message. And so I think that social media is dangerous if it's not used in the right way. What I usually recommend to my clients is before we really get too deep into anything, it's to kind of clean out their social media. So as you're scrolling, if you see something from an account that isn't making you feel good, if it makes you compare yourself to them, or it makes you feel down about your own situation in any way, unfollow that account or block them or mute them, whatever you want to do. And that way, you're not getting those subliminal messages as you're just scrolling through your social media on a daily basis. I recommend following accounts like specifically, I work with a lot of people in the dieting and weight loss realm. And so a lot of what I talk to people about is focused on getting your body healthier and doing it in a way that isn't involving dieting. So what we usually focus on is kind of the more body positive or body neutral type accounts and following accounts where the people look like you. So if you have a bigger body, follow accounts where the people that are posting photos are larger. You know, just being able to see representation of what you look like in your social media feed goes so far towards boosting up your confidence and making you feel that you are okay just the way that you are. Do you have any thoughts on that, Val? Yeah, I mean, I think everything you said is huge, but also there's the danger of the vanity metrics that come from when you post, there are two sort of big issues that come up. The first one is that you get, we're all guilty of it, but you get used to using all of your photos and all your selfies with a filter, which can also just be really hard because you want to kind of see yourself in that perfected way. And so there's the danger of sort of the disparity between a filtered version and yourself. And then also, from a positive psychology standpoint, personal relationships are really important, but social media relationships do not fulfill that. However, there's that sort of faux feeling of connection when you pay attention to your likes, when you, you know, communicate back and forth with someone on social media, but it's not the same as having an actual friendship with someone. So you're not getting that those benefits. And then it's just this temporary hit of dopamine, or, you know, whatever to help you or to kind of boost your mood at that moment, but it gets to be addictive and a little bit dangerous. So I think it's really important to pay attention to how 
obsessed you get with the likes mm -hmm. and the vanity metrics. Yeah, I can definitely say that I've fallen into that trap. And it's kind of surreal because I understand the whole danger behind paying attention to your likes and your comments and all of that. But then I find myself falling into this trap where I post something and then I maybe get a couple of likes right away. And then I find myself going back like every couple of minutes and checking my likes. And then if I don't have any more likes, it's kind of like a, oh, <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny for me to kind of reflect on that because I'm like, wow, that is you know, your subconscious drives for that dopamine hit are so powerful. Even if you know how unhelpful that is, like there's only so much you can do about the biology behind that. And so just being really aware of that phenomenon and how you kind of need to limit your exposure to it because you're not going to be able to really control how much it is affecting you, even if you know how detrimental it is to focus on those things. Yes, that's it completely. And my own personal story of dealing with that is I was literally bargaining with myself that if I just folded the laundry, I could check my likes again. And then I was like, okay, this is a problem here. <laughs> this is a little too much that I'm using this as a reward for myself. So <laughs> yes, it is something that we all fall into. And I, like you said, just being more mindful of that effect and using your social media a little more wisely will certainly help with that. So Another big one is music. And I didn't know if you had some thoughts on that, Callie. Yeah. So I have a funny story about dorky kid Callie. <laughs> so <laughs> I had heard when I was younger, I don't even remember really how old I was. I was maybe like around 10 or 12 or something. But Basically, I heard about this research, probably on the radio or something, talking about how music can affect your moods. And I think it was talking in relationship to like the rap music that had been popular at that time and how it was making kids angrier or something along those lines. So I decided to do a little experiment on myself and I didn't tell anybody about it at the time because I think some level I realized how dorky it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did was I pretty much exclusively listened to the type of music that they were saying was making people angrier. And I did that for probably a couple of weeks and then I started actually getting comments about how I seem more upset lately or I'm not as happy as I usually am. And then that concluded my research findings of it must be true. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to listening to, you know, the Z97 pop music that I had been listening to previously and the comments about that stopped. So I'm like, well, must be this true. proves without a sh beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true. <laughs> yes. 
I think it's really interesting because that's the sort of negative aspect, but there is also the positive aspect of music. And Mm -hmm. I know that both you and I have a certain artist that we listen to as our alarm in the morning, and it's made a difference to me to hear that song every morning. And I do think that, you know, there's a reason why people listen to certain music when they work out, or I have like my Hello Glow playlist. It's really positive when I need to get in a very positive mood. So there is the positive side of music, but there is that danger of listening to consistently angry music. And even if you don't really pay attention to the lyrics or can just kind of be like, haha, these are, you know, just lyrics, it truly can permeate your subconscious and affect how you feel for the day or just in little nerdy Cali, um, it can be <laughs> how it affects your mood in general. So it is really important to pay attention to. So going one step further, I think it also depends on like I think the lyrics that you listen to whether you're conscious of them or not make a big difference because if you're listening to lyrics that normalize things like say violence you are subconsciously becoming desensitized to that and more accepting of that and so I think that that's another danger is just not paying attention to the kind of messaging that you're exposing yourself to even on a subconscious level. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point. And I am someone that has always listened to sort of the angry rap, but like you truly, I mean, there is very little that phases me now in music. And I think you do get really desensitized to everything. So I think it's really important to pay attention to that. Also, just kind of the next level is how people affect you. And I was wondering if you had some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, there's this saying that a lot of us have probably heard where you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think it was Jim Rohn who said that. He's like an author and a motivational speaker. But I think what he was trying to get at was you pick things up from the people that you spend the most time with. And that can include not just, you know, funny sayings or inside jokes and attitudes and that kind of thing, but it can also include things like your mindset and how you talk to yourself, how you talk to other people. So if you're constantly surrounding yourself with people who are negative or have bad body image or are really focused on like the work and the productivity culture, anything like that, you're that much more likely to pick up those tendencies as well and start emulating it or imitating that behavior as well because it kind of taps into our more primitive you know, like tribal brains, because we want to be part of the group and we want to be recognized as a part of the group. So we start acting the same way as the rest of the people that you spend time around. And so being aware of the people that you're spending time with, and if they're kind of like high vibe people, like more positive, or if they're lower vibe people where they're more negative, it's going to definitely affect you. So pay attention to that and make sure that that's also 
an intentional decision on your part. Yeah, I think that is huge, but also just kind of affecting your mood. But also we work with a lot of high achieving women and a lot of times they have really big goals or plans and surrounding yourself with people that aren't particularly supportive is also really draining. And I think that's even less noticeably draining. And a lot of times our clients will have these big plans and they will talk with their partner or parents or friends. And if they're not supportive of that plan, it plants a little seed in their brain. And even if the client is super gung-ho to go forward with the plan, that little seed sort of germinates and oftentimes will affect their mindset and even their motivation towards the plan. And in some cases, they'll even kind of move in a different direction. And so I think it's really important that you're mindful of who you discuss any future plans or goals with and make sure it's someone that you know is going to be supportive. Because one of the worst things you can do if you want to live a vibrant and expansive life is to derail yourself from your goals just based on people sort of feeding into that. So I think that's also a really important thing to pay attention to when you are looking at how people affect you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times our partners and our parents, they might be kind of Debbie Downer a little on our plans if they're really outside the box and involve some risk because they may be naturally risk averse and wanting to keep you safe. So if that is kind of their personality, then they're probably not going to be super excited and super supportive about your plan to quit your job and, you know, try something else that's a lot less stable income, for example. And that is not to say that you should make an intentional decision to not clue your partner in on big decisions like that. But I think that it's important to have a conversation with your partner if you think that that's kind of their more natural tendency and just discuss you know, address what their concerns might be and also discuss how what you really need is support and you don't want them to not voice their, you know, concerns, but do it in a way that it's not raining on your parade and discouraging you from pursuing your goals. Yeah. And I think when it comes to your partner, it is a little bit different than your parents or friends. Like in a lot of cases with clients, it more often than not is their parents. And I think, you know, as you said, a lot of times the priorities of the parents are that their children have like a secure life. And a lot of times if you're pursuing really big goals, there is some risk involved. And so, yes, they're not super on board with it. When it comes to your partner, I think having a discussion about what your priorities are is really huge. And that way you guys can work out what your values are, what you're hoping to accomplish whether your road is moving in the right direction for both of you. And so, yes, I think it's important to that you don't just jump on every goal you have without consulting your partner, but certainly making sure to have those discussions about what your priorities are to make sure you're also not living the life that you want. 
Yeah, definitely. So let's recap because we've talked about a lot of different things here. So the bottom line is that what you are surrounding yourself with and what you are exposing yourself to has a big impact on your subconscious thoughts and actions and behaviors. And it can affect your moods as well without you being fully aware of what is going on. So it is really important that you take an inventory of what you're surrounding yourself with and who you're spending your time with and work on purging anything that is not serving you out of your life. One thing that I recommend to people to get started with doing this is to do a time and attention audit for just one day. So what you can do is download the white space PDF that's going to be linked in the show notes. And there's a time audit worksheet in there that you can use to do this. What I recommend is that you just start doing this from when you wake up until you go to sleep that night and just write in each time slot what you're doing, what you're watching, what you're looking at, you know, people that you're spending your time with, and then just make a little note on whether it is serving you and helping you to live a more bold, curious, and vibrant life, or if maybe it is not. And anything that is not serving you to move closer to the goals that you have for your life You need to really look at that carefully and figure out if it is a necessity in your life, in which case you can put more intentional boundaries around that thing to protect yourself, or maybe you can just remove it from your life if possible. So look at everything that you're doing in your life, the people that you're spending time with, and just Try to make intentional decisions on what you are including in your day-to-day. So that wraps it up for today's episode. Join us next time as we explore more ways to live a bold, curious, and vibrant life. We'll see you next time.